Nine minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's uh, our Thought Leader Thursday segment, uh, which we bring to you every Thursday, where we uh, try and uh, pick the brain and the well of wisdom uh, of our Thought Leader uh, for that week. And uh, uh, this week, uh, we have the uh, privilege and the honor of having Zola Chayana, who's an author, speaker, counselor, who's a trainer and a facilitator as well. And uh, his work, uh, qu- I guess, is spanning uh, quite a diverse set of areas, uh, right through from healthcare to rural development to socioeconomic development and youth empowerment. He's also the author of uh, uh, two books, uh, Things We Do, Broken, uh, and uh, we'll certainly be touching on uh, some of the themes he explores uh, in those works of fiction. But uh, please join me now in uh, welcoming uh, Zola Chayanam. Klegaz, good evening to you and uh, welcome to Galapag Metro FM Talk. Um, good, good evening, Batane, and good evening to the listeners of Metro FM. Yeah, yeah. Let's Maybe start off here. I mean, before we get into all of the fascinating work that you that you do, um, I guess a good starting point would be, uh, you know, just your background, Kubanu uh, Zolachayana. Where did you grow up, and and I guess you know uh, the context around which you grew up, and I guess how that has informed the kind of work that you do now. Yes, um, Zola Chayana is, is a guy from Engobo in the Eastern Cape. Um, and um, I'm not sure where that comes from. Um, <laughs> I, I come from a village called Ekaka. Um, it's a mountainous area, um, deeply, deeply rural and um, underdeveloped. Mm. And I come from a family that has been a family of, of um, religious people. Um, so, yeah, um, I grew up in the Eastern Cape. Um, to, I would say I had the privilege of growing up in different parts of the Eastern Cape um, mm. for, for studying purposes, but also um, because of, of the migrant labor system that was there, um, where you would go and study where Umalu, Mekwani, stays. So there will be people who will say, no, because that's why I did my high school, I did my junior there. And, um, you know, uh, Queenstown and Obo, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting that you mentioned that Kukumdu uh, last week. Uh, you know, who sort of was saying to me, you, "You can't say you are in the Eastern Cape or you are from the Eastern Cape. It's the second largest province in South Africa by landmass, and so you have all of these diversity of experiences that you're speaking to um, that yeah. uh, can't really, I guess, be, be put into this one homogenous set of um, you know ideas about what those people are, what they do." Uh, and things like that, but I mean, let, let's let's maybe I guess talk about your your foray into the world of development. I mean, one would think that that early experiences uh, uh, in that area would have would have influenced some of the choices you made uh, about uh, uh, you know I guess the kind of career you you ventured into, the work that you've done, not only just as an activist but also as a professional as well. Yes, um, <clears throat> I, I would say the, the major influence in my life has been my grandfather um, Umvlane. Um, a man who was highly developmental in his years and a man who, um, whenever he came back home, um, he would ensure that we, we go and plow um, the fields of women who were staying alone, old women mm. and, and people that didn't have, um, who, who were deemed poor. So basically, um, I come from that background where giving has been has been instilled in me and for, for for some reason, um, I, I studied accounting in school, <laughs> but um, 
and mm. I was I, I, my, my 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 vision was was to become a chartered accountant. I remember my mother um, took me to one of of, of the uh, first black chartered accountants back then um, to inspire me. And I grew up thinking I'm going to be a chartered accountant, but somehow um, the development space uh, swallowed me. And I think um, me coming from from a deep rural area and seeing the plight of our people in that in that area and the things that they were not mm. getting, uh, I could easily identify with with the cries of, of of the people, and also because of um, other family issues that that came up, um, illnesses um, that 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 afflicted my uncle, my late uncle, for instance, um, where um, he couldn't get access to medical uh, assistance when we needed it most. Um, he was in the village, and the, the ambulance couldn't get there early. And he, mm. he he was sick all the whole night, um, and only got got to go to hospital in the in the morning. And um, issues that would, as you're growing up, you would find that um, you had to walk to a clinic, maybe walk a few kilometers to 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 get to the clinic. And also the fact that in one of my high schools, as um, a I would walk um, about five or six kilometers to school and six kilometers back. Um, so those are things that influenced me um, and my decision to to, to become um, what what people term a rural development practitioner. But mm. I I don't take myself as one of those. I take myself as just a, a normal person who's assisting wherever he can. Um, and because I'm lucky to know or to talk too much and get to know people, <laughs> so it would be easier for me to to actually. Um, contact um, anybody anybody and, and ask for assistance including mm. people that would be in in position of in positions of influence so yeah, i it's think interesting. um it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned that because i, I mean I, I do think there's a there's a shade of modesty as well uh, i mean for some people who might not be familiar uh, with your work not just um, you know in the formal sense but even the work that you do on social platforms to try and hold uh, uh, many local leaders and provincial leaders to account, uh, it certainly, I, I think, comes across as very modest when you put it that way. But I mean, I'm quite interested in, in how that is translated, how you've used some of those platforms to, to, to uh, be able to bring tangible benefits. I mean, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking the other day, you're from Gaka, uh, I saw the other day they were talking about a bridge being built in that village. You did say it's a very mountainous area. And, and to some extent, quite an isolated area from uh, even the town of Ingobo and even other, I guess, uh, uh, areas surrounding it. Um, talk to us about, you know, how in that context, uh, we often, when we speak about politics, urbanize the politique. We, we, we like to talk about the, the protests that happened, what, what we call service delivery protests, without yeah. understanding some of the chronic service challenges that are faced by many rural people, and in some cases who are unable uh, uh, to, to, I guess, catch the spotlight of platforms like this when, when we talk about some of the uh, um, actions that are happening at a local level? Yeah. Um, I, okay. For me, I, I, I had to use social media because of, of the reach that it has. For example, I make an example of Osekaka, um, where I come from. Um, we had an issue. Um, we only had electricity, I think, a few, a few years ago, about four or five years ago. Mm. And we had mm. to fight for that, you know. And fortunately, um, because of, of social media, we, we were able to influence um, um, the delivery of that service to our people. Um, we're struggling with water in the, in the village. Um, 
And the fact that I stay in Pretoria doesn't 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 detach me from the realities that are happening in Gaza because that is where I go home to, uh, you know, every, every mm-hmm. time, every December. And when I get there, I I, I will find old people that that will have or p- will pin their hopes on me or on people like me to say, you, we sent you to school, we educated you, and we still in the same predicament or same problems. Um, that we had um, before you were born. Um, our, the, the bridge that you're talking about, that bridge that, that we have there was built in the 60s. Um, so you can imagine it was a, it, it's a low bridge that when, when, when it starts to rain, people from Agaga are, are worried that um, if it rains, you are in town, you're worried that you might not get home. If it rains and you are, you are Agaga, you are, you are worried that you might not leave. So sometimes you... If you see that it's starting to rain heavily, you, you, you would cut your visit short so that you don't become isolated in the village if, if the bridge um, uh, overflows. So I have had to use social media to mobilize um, leaders at local level and at provincial level, even at national level, to ask them to build the bridge. And it's been an ongoing process um, that, is, that, that I started uh, way back in, in 2008, 2009, and um, fortunately, it, it then got to the ears of the premier, the, the previous premier, and the current premier. And mm. there have been promises that have been made by them to build the bridge. Um, we understand also um, the challenges that that we're facing as as, as a country in terms of resources. So as much as we sometimes push um, 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 for for services to be delivered, but at the, at the same time we have to be cognizant of of, of the resources sure, that sure. are not there. So basically, we have to weigh. So I use the social, my social media influence, if I can put it that way, to, to ensure that um, my people, uh, my villagers from Agaga get services. But at mm. the same time, not only for my villagers, for, for, for people from Agaga, um, there are others... Who Tableke, Masenza, so, Masenza, so, let, let's do it yeah. like this. Let, let's pause here, because there's like a vinkling. Yeah. But uh, I okay. want, just as you talk about some of the other activism work that you do with the platform and following that you have some of the issues that you unpack and i also want us to talk about some of these issues of gender-based violence and uh, patriarchy and understanding it uh, in essence as a struggle against ourselves and what we've been socialized to believe and taught to believe and the systems of power that benefit us and also dehumanize us we'll continue with that conversation on the other side of this it is indeed, and uh, 21 minutes it is now after 8 p.m., and our thought leader on this Thursday is uh, Zola Chayana, who's an author, speaker, counsellor, trainer, and uh, facilitator, and uh, someone who has uh, certainly done a considerable amount of work in the world of uh, development. And uh, before we went to the break, uh, uh, Vlani, we were talking about not only the work you do in Gaga, but the ability to use your platform to make sure that we have the kind of conversations that we should be having. Because yeah. sometimes, because we end up having all of these superficial conversations and, and uh, create this impression that everything is hunky-dory without yeah. going beneath the surface and being able to really uncover and deal with some of the deep uh, challenges that manifest themselves in many different ways. And just on, on this question of gender-based violence, and maybe you can also unpack some of the other work that you do. But some of the, the work that you do in pushing this dialogue every day but also in dedicated events and spaces uh, where you undertake that work. Talk to us about that. Um, on the issue of gender-based violence, uh, but, uh, 
we, as a country, we are faced with, with a schedule of, of gender-based violence. Um, every single day, we hear of stories of um, women that are that are killed, women that are abused, children that are that are killed, that are raped. You know, and that for me, um, I think because I've been in the NGO space for about twenty years. Um, whenever something like that happens, or whenever I come across um, a, a report like that, sometimes I don't want to do anything, but my conscience doesn't allow me. So, because people expect sometimes, when you have a huge following on social media, people expect to to, 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 to hear your opinion on issues. So, um, I took a conscious decision that I'm going to use my social media influence or my social media um, following to have these conversations where, for instance, I'll be talking about um, men as, as, as generally not people who, who like to talk about their problems, or men um, who mm. still believe that a man shouldn't cry, or men who still believe that if you have paid Lobola, um, it then means you own the, the woman, or if you are dating this woman, therefore you control her life, or your children, um, you, you basically, if, if you are the man, you are basically, basically controlling everything around all the people, all the lives that are around you. So for mm. me, um, that's that, that something, as I said, um, a lot of, of, of the things that I do, I, I, I get, I got them from my grandfather and also from my mother, who is, who is also a, a, an activist in her own right, um, where you would find that um, stories about, about my grandfather, that if, if, if you were not sending money home uh, back then in the, in the days when he was in Cape Town, the wife or the family would contact him and he would be the one contacting you, forcing you to send money home. So when you have a grandfather like that, um, you are bound to, to take over the debating somehow. Um, so for me, it's a continua- continuation of, of the legacy that my, my grandfather built um, where he was working. So I've used my social media um, to, 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 to address those issues. For instance, um, with number Tane. You and all that, and how men um, interpret Ubeja as 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 buying um, the rights and and the souls of women, whereas that shouldn't be. If you are giving someone imani because umtanda, it shouldn't then mean you control who he who she sees, who who she spends time with, um, mm. and also it doesn't give you power over this person. But unfortunately, because of the social economic issues that we're facing, you find women who stay in abusive relationships, um, who stay up of a better corner because the breadwinner is this man um, who who is abusing. So they have to weigh between um, going out and leaving this person who, who affords them shelter, who affords them food. So we need to have these conversations as men. And unfortunately, um, I cannot be everywhere where men are. But I can use my social media to say to men, let us rethink what we have, to- we have been taught growing up. Let-, let us rethink what being a man is all about. And I'm going mm. to also touch on the issue of Goluga Mbatani, where you find that um, uh, a man uh, of, of Kosa descent, for instance, will go to the mountains and when, when they come back, they've changed to become an animal. And mm. when you ask what has happened, um, people believe that when people go to the mountain, they get changed to be these animals. Whereas we know the teachings that are happening there are, are, are contrary to what these men sure. come back and do. So basically, mm. we have a responsibility as, as men 
to talk to each other, to call to, to call each other out, to say you are wrong. If I know you, you are beating your, your girlfriend or your wife, I have a, respons- a responsibility to call you out. And mm. that responsibility doesn't only mean um, talking to you on the side. If what you are doing is wrong, I should be in a position to call you out even publicly, if, if, if so be, if, if so be, so that Abandu can, can get to understand that men are not quiet, but some, some, somehow the men who are talking are still very few. So we, mm. we talk to other men because we are saying, as men, we need to lead um, 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 this, this, this fight of, of protecting women and children, because that is what we have been taught in Dabini, that as a mm. man, your primary duty is to protect um, um, your family, is to protect sure. your children, is to protect the women in your life. And you, and you know, Tableki, so, I mean, it's quite interesting that, that you mentioned that, uh, because, I mean, you linked earlier our socioeconomic status uh, and uh, the phenomenon of Ugobecha, for instance. Yes. But I think if, if you overlay the fact that you, you have all of these social pressures on people to provide, to, you know, uh, make sure that uh, there's sustenance and livelihoods uh, within every home, and you overlay that on a context of a rapidly deindustrializing economy where people, there's mass scale unemployment, it does create a psychosocial tension, I, I would think. I mean, because you're taught one thing that, uh, but if the conditions don't allow for that to happen, it already creates this psychosocial tension and that manifests itself in certain kinds of way. Have we been able as Amatota, even uh, when we think about GBV, to maybe unpack and uncover some of the so- psychosocial drivers of some of these behaviors uh, rather than isolate them as an individualized problematic that is held you know, in the body of someone who does this? We have not. We, have, we haven't begun to, to, to even scratch the surface, um, Batan. Um, I'll make an example. I've been unemployed for two years. I'm sitting at home, and only my wife is bringing an income home. And mm. um, when, when I share this with, with other men, um, others will say, ah, but you, you are a weak person. You can't be, you can't be um, provided for by a woman. So mm. somehow this, this, this demoralizes. And some another man will then want to 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 go back home and exert pressure and power over this woman. And the only way that he can do so, because remember, when you are taught to provide, you are taught that you need to go and work. So when you are not working, you are going to now scrutinize everything that you, your your wife says and does. And when you do that, you find um, things that are going to provoke you or that are going to to piss you off, and you end up being violent. Over this person because you are thinking because they are the ones who are bringing money home, therefore they are now disrespecting you. So we as men have to sit down and and, and introspect to say when when we're taught how to pro- that our role is to provide. What does provision mean? Mm. You know, sometimes provision doesn't necessarily mean bringing in money, but it can also mean making the conducive at home um, to be, or the environment at home to be, to be conducive for your sure. wife who's working. Coming back, your wife must find you. You are there at home. You are cooking. You are taking care of the children. And when, when I share this on my social media that um, I'm not babysitting when I'm, sitting, when, I'm, when I'm spending time with my kids. I am being mm-hmm. a parent. Or when I'm cooking for my family, I'm not doing my wife a favor or am I doing my kids a favor. I'm cooking because... I have a responsibility as a parent and as a partner to my wife to actually assist or work with her 
uh, and and make sure that when she comes back home, she's not uh, faced faced with with with, with the with the with the chores of cooking, cleaning, and, and 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 everything else. So as men, we need to unlearn what a lot of, of things that we have been taught that a man cannot do one, two, three, and four. You've spoken of of, of unemployment. A lot of a lot of people are, are losing um, their jobs, and unfortunately, a huge a huge uh, uh, um, number of them is men. And when these men are losing mm. their jobs, they go home. They don't know what else to do. They become dependent on their wives. And because society says a man who's dependent on the wife is is a weak man, so this man wants to prove to society that I'm not weak. So the only way that he can then prove mm. to to society that he's not weak is to beat up the, the, the one person that is providing food for him. Instead of saying, mm. you are providing the money for, for, for the bond or for, to pay the cars or to pay um, the basics in the, in the family, what, what then can I do as the man to, to, to make sure that I meet you halfway? Mm. Mm. So we have been taught that mm. um, we, we, as, as men, we have to always be the ones paying... This, this, this speaks to the patriarchy that, 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 has, that, that you mentioned earlier, um, Batan, where you mm. are... And, and how it dehumanizes us, yeah. It, look, mm. um, when, when I cried out publicly to people that I, I, I'm, an, I'm unemployed, a lot of people would say, but um, where's your pride? What pride? I've lost my pride. The moment I lost my job, I lost my pride. And because my pride, you know, um, at that time, I thought my pride was, was associated with what I was bringing home. I had to understand that pride doesn't necessarily associate with what you are bringing. What you are bringing, but what mm-hmm. are you doing at home to 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 to, to, to make um, the the environment conducive? Are you present yeah, yeah, as a yeah. husband? Are you present mm-hmm. as a father in your children in your children's lives? Are you raising your children? You know, because this provision that we have been taught is that we must uh, um, pop out money, but you have a child who, who doesn't spend time with you. You don't mm. even know what food they like. They can't play with you. So there's no physical or emotional bond between you and your children. You are providing money, but you're not providing love. So we have to mm. understand that provision touches a lot of areas. You have to provide love. You have to provide um, um, security. You have to provide sure, sure. Um, that emotional support to your children mm. and your wife. So basically, like the provision, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think you, you raise a very fascinating point there. Uh, and, and it's so, so interesting for me how, as you speak, some of the themes that you are unpacking weave their way into your world of fiction. I, I'm quite interested, firstly, in your writing process. Uh, yeah. I think uh, a lot of what you write, you know, if, if you know what, a, I mean, a lot of my, my listeners know what a page turner is, uh, where yeah. because uh, you really want to get to how the story is going to end. Uh, so, yes. so kudos for that. But I think the other dimension maybe is for me, all of what we've been talking about uh, and some of the things that concern you, how you're able to weave those into the world of fiction um, and really, I guess, create a link between the imaginary and maybe uh, the very difficult reality that uh, sometimes we're confronted with. Um, both my books are based on, it's fiction, but it's, it's, observations. Um, it's stories that I've observed. It's, it's conversations that I've had with people um, over the years of working. Um, you know, when you're, when you're providing counseling to people, you get to, to, to understand what they're going through. 
So a lot of, of both of the stories that I've, I've, I've published, um, they are based on, on, on a combination of, of stories from people, real stories, and sometimes, um, um, you know, I add my imagination there. But as I said, I wanted to, to, to link um, the reality that is happening in the world that we're living in today um, with, with, with the work that I'm writing so that people can relate to the books that I'm writing. For instance, mm. if we talk of, of, of the things we do, which is my first book, um, it talks um, of, of, of patriarchy, um, where Singapore is, 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 is saying, I'm, I'm going to be the provider. As much as my wife, Uzumbini, is, is a qualified um, legal, legal person, but I need her to stay at home. But now, in, in so doing, um, he neglects the emotional aspects of, 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 of the marriage that, that um, he's having to Uzumbini. And also there's the issue of Udadagasipo, um, who has um, alienated the two other children because he wanted them. Remember, he's a patriarch in, in his family. So everyone has to follow what, what, what he says must be done. So when they don't do mm. that, um, he then says, um, are you, are you no longer my children. I'm cutting you out. Mm. So basically the book talks about the issue that we come, we, we, we come through um, in our growing up and in our society where your parents are going to dictate to you what you must do and what you must be in life and not give you room to navigate life on your own and support you mm. in, in the decisions that you're making. With the second book, um, I, I, I spoke of um, um, issues around um, that is broken. Broken mm. is, is about breaking stereotypes. Um, as, you, as you know, that broken is about uh, a man who's married to a career woman who, who decides that, you know what, I want to follow my career. I've, I've given you, uh, we have kids, but I want to, to, follow, to follow my career, my, my calling. And therefore, I need a divorce. I need to, to, to go out there, raise your children. I'm going out, I'm leaving, I'm going to, to work. And this guy now meets this woman who is bisexual. And people tiptoe around the issue of bisexual, of sexuality. So when you, mm. when you raise the issue mm. of, of, of a, a female who's bisexual and the man who says, I do not care that you're bisexual, I love you. And um, I'm going to marry you anyway. And the woman is saying, yes, you're going to marry me. But at the same time, I'm not going to stop seeing the other person. So it then uh, mm, also mm, tries mm, to deconstruct mm, mm, mm. Um, what, what we understand marriage to be. Because our marriages sure, sure. Are, 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 are linked to what society expects. We are not marrying for ourselves. So we, we marry so that we can fit into what society expects of us. Instead of marrying our, peop- our, our, our partners, and making mm. a marriage that suits us and our personalities and characters. So when, when Ulu... Yes. Mm, mm, mm. I, I don't want you to give the, too much of the story away. <laughs> uh, because I think now, are listening in saying, yeah, 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 where do we find... I don't want you to give too much of the story away. <laughs> but let's do this, because uh, let me give you 30 seconds to just uh, give us a sense of where we would be able to follow the story of some of the characters that you've painted and also where many of our people can follow some of the great work that you do uh, with men, boys, uh, with young people, uh, uh, where you engage on some of the issues that we've been talking about, marriage, sexuality, uh, you know, socialization, uh, growing up in a very, uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, divided society, but a society that is undertaking and has to undertake a considerable amount of healing. So 30 seconds, Mkulua, where can we find uh, uh, some of your work and uh, where do we get hold of you? Um, okay, I have a YouTube channel, Zola Chayana, where I talk about my health issues or uh, like issues around the, the, my, my health. 
And also on my social media, or on Facebook, Zolaka Chayana, I have these conversations. And on Wednesdays, most Wednesdays, I have uh, conversations around half past six in the evening on parenting. Um, I'm, I am on Twitter, Blakey underscore ZT, on Instagram, Blakey underscore ZT. And if people want to buy my books, um, because I am not um, linked with any publisher or distributor, mm. um, so if people want to buy my books, they can contact me on 073-397-1467. 073-397-1467. They can send a WhatsApp or they can call me on that number. Mm. Um, uh, we can have a conversation around that. Awesome, awesome one. And uh, certainly, I think if anyone has missed a part of this conversation, you can catch it on metrofm.co.za, where all of our podcasts can be found, and uh, you can certainly find this conversation. Zola Chayana, Nebula Akulum Shagazi for your time. Uh, that there was Zola Chayana, our thought leader on this Thursday. Uh, let's, uh, as we close off the segment, uh, we're going to take a look in the next few minutes or so at uh, the uh, case uh, against uh, police officers uh, uh, who were accused of killing uh, Nathaniel Julius in Eldorado Park has been postponed to the 22nd of September. We'll also take a look at what's happening in the Karoo in the uh, small town of Beaufort West, which has been hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic and the national lockdown.